to feel this is their year. They must be playing defensive. Michael's not coming up for this one. Thinks he's done enough. Is this their moment? Hello and welcome to the United Community Channel and we're back with another podcast episode. Uh, I'm plenty to get into, of course, uh, they're coming thick and fast again, thank God. But uh, look, plenty to get into in relation to Manchester United we're going to discuss today. Top four, of course, nearly done. One point needed out of the last two games. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the links that, I suppose, some of the players that United have been linked with in the last few days. Neymar being the main one. And is this really what it's going to be like if Qatar takes over Manchester United? Uh, we're also going to be talking about the FA Cup final and what it's going to require to actually beat Manchester City in the final and United get it done. Uh, of course, we're going to talk Manchester City as well. Uh, league champions, congratulations to them. Uh, can anyone stop them next season? We're going to maybe look a little bit forward to that as well. Uh, and are the greatest? Are they the greatest Premier League team ever? Uh, and we're going to talk Newcastle United as well. Obviously, brilliant the fact that they are after getting Champions League football. Also, well ahead of schedule for them as well. We're going to talk maybe can they challenge next season also? And of course, the relegation battle is going down to the final week of the season as well. Who will go down? Leicester, Leeds, Everton. Of course, Everton have it all in their own hands, but uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, well, Ricey is back with us again. How are you doing, pal? Well, Jack, how are you? All good, man. All good. Uh, you're only off the train and ground yourself. Big week ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. Big week. Big week. Buzzing now. Happy days. Straight happy in. Days. Made it with seconds to spare here. Yeah, happy days. Happy days. Well, look, we'll jump straight into it. Uh, we've got plenty of people in the chat as well. Ryan is there. Niall, Ben. Good to see you guys. Get your thoughts and comments into the chat as well. Anything you want to discuss, let us know. Smash the like button, as you always do. Uh, but we'll start, of course, where we always do with Manchester United. Uh, good result on the weekend, I suppose. Not an overly convincing result but three points on the board nonetheless job done a point needed out of the last two games obviously Chelsea at home on Thursday Fulham at home on Sunday top four done and dusted yeah I think so I think it's I think it's done and dusted now it's kind of if you whether United finished third or fourth in my opinion it's in your hands I think yeah. Chelsea will have a big say in it don't they it's Newcastle away to Chelsea you're a home to Chelsea's Newcastle's last game, I think it's Chelsea. That's right. Is it? That's right. So, now we um, technically, even after last night's result, obviously Newcastle drew with Leicester. If we our game in hand is on Thursday, if we win that, we'll actually go yeah. into third, which is good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Like, um, yeah, it's in your hands now whether you finish third or fourth. I don't know what the kind of massive difference. Do they still do qualifying rounds for the Champions League? I'm not 100 percent sure because I, I can't remember the last time United actually finished fourth. Um. I think we've been second and third, or we've been outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Champions League qualifications. I'm not 100 percent sure what way. Look, Liverpool gave it a good bash there at the end. Um, I think even a win at if they did beat Villa, I don't think that it may have been enough. But look, it's kind of what Liverpool had a very strong finish to the season. They had a good second half to the season. It was kind of more their early blip. That kind of hasn't out. sitting outside that there now, which, as we'll move on to later on in the show, 
I can just see kind of like we when we talk about Newcastle and all, Newcastle have had a very good season, a very strong season, but they have also benefited from other teams not being up to par. Of course. And do you think there's a big uh, correlation in United season with that as well? I think just United kind of, they were hot and cold for the season, but you kept your head above water. Job, like, I won't say it yet, but job done. You have your trophy in the bag, which kind of, I know you've said before, and both of us have said it's not a big trophy, but look, even like for myself playing junior football or anything, when you haven't won a trophy for years, these so-called lesser trophies, it's great to have a day out and like, you know, you get to lift a cup and you get to, you know, it's the same for these players at professional level. Like they got their day out in Wembley. It's not a yeah. big cup. You're not still shouting your mouth off about it or anything really. And it's not something that you'd have massive ambitions to win next year. Um, But look, it kind of gave Den ha- Ten Hag his first feel of what it was like to win a trophy at United. You had a sold out Wembley. You'll get top four overall. It's been a good season. There has been cracks that have been papered over, but tough season, yeah. but you seem to be finishing it well. I think uh, I think what it will do more than Anton as well, that you obviously mentioned the trophy for Ten Hag, is it'll give him a bit of breathing room also. You know what I mean? Like, if he was to go the first couple of seasons without a trophy or whatever it may be, I think that's always going to be hanging over him. But the fact that he's yeah. got it out of the way, and even though it, it might just, be the best trophy. It just gave lads a good buzz, a good lift. Um like it'd be like if you could add the FA Cup to it, um, like against one of your biggest rivals, I presume them and Liverpool are probably on par. Probably Liverpool are more of a bigger rival, I'd say, historically than Manchester City. But like, yeah, it'd be a great day out in Wembley for you if you could beat them in a final. Well, it would. And look, I mean, it, you know, anything can happen. On a one-off, you know, and two, two I think, days out in Wembley in the top four, I think you would have taken the hand off anybody at the start of the season for that. Absolutely, absolutely. On top of, on top of, you know, and I think we mentioned it last week as well. What I've been impressed on top of all of the, even the football is, you know, the the maybe the standards that Ten Hag sets and the no nonsense that he has within the squad, and you know, we've seen how he dealt with, of course, Ronaldo, and you know, um, I thought he was, I thought he was smart to do what he done with uh, Harry Maguire at the start of the season as well when people were saying is he going to be the captain going forward and he just said yes he is doesn't mean I have to play him he was probably saying to himself you know what I mean um, but I suppose talking about the FA Cup final and Manchester City and, and the mammoth task that it is I mean do you give Manchester United any chance against Yeah but look it's a, it's a it's a two horse race like there's two dogs in the fight Mm. on paper you're saying Manchester City all day my head is saying Manchester City all day my heart yeah. is saying Manchester City <laughs> uh, I'm only joking with you but uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it'd be very it'd be it'd be so a, let's get it, to the bottom a, of this you do not actually task. like Manchester United no I do but I just try and annoy you you know what I mean I can't be coming <laughs> on here just agreeing with everything you say sure you, like, you may as well just get a United fan if you want that you know uh, and that was kind of the talk at the start of it, being a neutral. Yeah. I don't, look, it wouldn't bother me now if United won that final, but um, I think it's hard to look past City on current form. Yeah. Is the Champions League final after the FA Cup final? It is, it's the week after, and that was going to be my next question to you. Do you think City will go in to that to the FA Cup final with one eye on the week 
no, ahead because no, we no. all know the squad that is so big. No, no, they could like. Haaland is going to start both. Kevin De Bruyne is going to start both. Then you have a toss up between like what, like oh, I start Riyad Mahrez or start Jack Grealish. You know, like it's or Phil Foden. Yeah, like but like there's a kind of an option on another wing, like and then you're yeah. looking at like all the lads they have in the middle. Um, yeah, and in the defense as well. And in the defense as well, exactly. Like, I you're going to have like Ederson's going to be there for both. You're going to have Diaz there for both. I'd imagine John Stones will be there for both. But then again, John Stones mightn't play the FA Cup. And well, we've could... seen him play a central midfield against uh, Real Madrid last. Yeah, week, but you seen Laporte there the other night was playing. Yeah, they have players that I've nearly even forgotten. Was that was at City still? Yeah, coming out with his blue hair, <laughs> and um. Look, the FA Cup, it's a game that's there for all. I couldn't see it being like when any kind of derby or big rivals happen in a big game like that. It's seldom that it's a tonkin to one side. Yeah. Like, um, I know you do have some of these four, five, six, even seven nils, but like, it's not very often that that happens. It'll be kind of the first goal in it will be massive. It'll be depending, like, who have you back? fit for it like who who's well, I, out for United for the whole season now uh, it's only Lissandro Martinez yeah big loss you but know, like look you, you've coped loss. you've coped um, you've seen through to the end of the season without him um, what, like what would your thoughts on it be I obviously know you'd have a big hope that you could oh, win it course. and you'd want to believe that you could win it yeah and I think I like there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of kind of discussions going on over the last few days about would you prefer what was the discussion? Would you prefer uh, United to lose against City and then City to lose against Inter Milan in the Champions League final? Or would you prefer United to win the FA Cup and City to win the Champions League? Oh man, you I, know, you'd, ha- you'd have to... You can't be building your own reputation based on others. You'd have to take ye winning exactly. the FA Cup and them winning the Champions League. You worry about your own house, not theirs. Exactly. Like, and my, that, that was my point exactly because I've seen a lot of United fans that were saying, uh, I'd like us to win uh, or I'd like City, I'd like us to lose the FA Cup just uh, to see no, City lose no the way, Champions League. No way. No way. If you bet them in the FA Cup, you've essentially stopped their treble. Your yeah. bragging rights is still intact. Yeah. Like, Given all, I wouldn't even think I don't know that I wouldn't even think that's really an argument. I don't see any United fan that would say, Look, oh, see, you're eventually going to win a Champions League. They are, they're eventually, they're eventually going, they'll be knocking on the door. And albeit, look, even as a United fan, you can't say if they do win it that they don't deserve it. Uh-huh. I'm not saying you want you don't want them to win it or anything, but they've been knocking and knocking on that door. They got some bad beats, they've kind of made some mistakes in the past. They got some bad beats in the past. But then um, they've kind of learned, like Pep always kind of learns. And even this new kind of tactic that he's come out with, with the tree at the back. And, you know, I was reading about this tactic that he has, and it's kind of like that he's going to revolutionize football. And this is kind of going to be everybody's new tactic going forward. Mm, Like, I I know the man has been given money everywhere he goes, but you can't fault it. Who's like better, him or Ferguson? Two completely different eras. Ferguson is very hard to compare anybody to him because, like, he done it over such a long period of time. How long was he at United? Twenty three or four years. Twenty six and a half years. Um, in that twenty six and a half years, though, Ferguson did only win was it two Champions Leagues? Two Champions Leagues, yeah. No, 
I'm not taking that from, but like it is only two Champions Leagues in 26 seasons. Yeah, you know, and, and like I, I know he has what 11, 12 Premier Leagues more. He has 13 Premier 13 Leagues. 13 Premier Leagues. Look, he can't like he. He's kind of one of a kind, and him and Pepper are kind of two totally different characters, and it's two totally different eras of football. Yeah. Like I think football nowadays is a lot more tactical and technical than it was back then. Well, here, well there's a good point there from Irish lad in in the chat. He says, "Is it easier to win the treble now than it was in '99 for United?" Which which I think is a very interesting question. I haven't heard that one before. You know what I mean? It is. I think there could be a lot of to and fro on this, and um, like there'd be big arguments for both sides. Mm. I I don't have the answer to it. I know you can look at City there, and you can say they've splashed the cash, and they've done all this, and they've done it over years, and they've kind of broke a lot of these rules. I see Carragher and um, Neville were kind of having an argument, yeah, and. Uh, Carragher was kind of really going against it, saying that like their titles will be tainted and all if these come out. Uh, Neville kind of did say they'd be a bit tainted, but he also kind of was more lenient towards Man City. Yeah. Just saying kind of like, the way the structure is, they were explaining at the minute with the financial fair plays, it keeps the bigger teams on top and the smaller teams at the bottom because you can only do like your revenue streams you or a percentage only, you or something like this. You can only spend what you're earning. So they're and saying like, how can these smaller teams I agree with them. get up to the higher level? Yeah. You look than, at your team, for example, Sunderland, they would never be able to spend as much as Man United or Man City. No, they wouldn't. They might have a massive gate receipts and they might be selling out 45,000 every week. Hmm. But like, they're not big in China. They're, you yeah. know, like, they're not on a... They would be on a global scale somewhat, but they wouldn't be like have... they, they, they don't have the reach around the world that no, bigger clubs have, no, you know, no, and the no, revenue no. streams and all of that kind of stuff. You know, so what I mean? that's where kind of Neville was coming out with saying City had to kind of do this to break into that level mm. because they never would have had that revenue stream before. Yeah. So they kind of had to do this to break into it. And if they want to compete with the best, they kind of have to spend you see a lot of teams that did it. Chelsea do it. Newcastle are going to be on the cusp of doing it. Well, I think what he said was, is he, when, when basically when Blackburn just invested massive amounts of money in the mid nineties and they basically, I, I, I don't like the term they bought the league, but it, essentially that's what happened. A massive influx of money from a steel tycoon who wanted to come in and spend his own money. And I think that's what Neville is arguing for. You know, you have to have these big influxes of money if you want Lord, teams to be able to compete with the bigger vice every team every person's always going to kind of give out about it when it's not their team exactly like your your mind would very like it'd be very interesting to see what kind of arguments Carragher would come out with if Manchester United got taken over by the Qataris because yeah. I'm sure he would have a lot of backtracking to do if he was to get behind them and back what they were doing I know what you mean. Like, I'm sure there's yeah. quotes and clips from back along the lines where he's yeah. been totally against this. Yeah, and I think that's probably the same with a lot of pundits. Oh, you know, oh, I mean? oh yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, sometimes you just have to, 
you just have to like suck it up and yeah, just take your medicine. Enjoy, yeah, take your medicine and enjoy that ride now. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, and that's the kind of predicament that a lot of United fans are in now as well, with with the Qataris potentially coming in and investing massive amounts of money. And to get onto the Qataris, nice little segue there. Uh, obviously, um, you know, there's been some. You know, it's still rumbling on in relation to um, Manchester United and, you know, who's going to be the new owners. And obviously the Qataris are, are you know, up there with the likes of, of Sir Jim Radcliffe. Now, again, we were, during the week, we were linked with, uh, you know, all of that that uh, nonsense with Neymar being linked with Manchester United. And I think it was quickly, ref- you know, came out and said that it was basically... You no, know, United I think I think we're ruled out, and I think um, Neymar will be a big name that will be banded about for the summer because, yeah. like, he's a player straight away that's going to sell shirts. That's going to like he's one of the biggest names in football. He's a class act. Personally, I don't think that he's ever lived up to his hype. I'm not saying he didn't have the potential to live up to his hype. I just think like spending so many years at PSG. I know he did it at Barca and won Champions Leagues and Leagues and all, but spending so many of his best years in, I won't call it the Farmers League, but a league that is essentially not a top four European league. Yeah. Um, never fulfilled his dream of winning the Champions League there. Did he? I presume he won a Champions League at Barcelona. He did. He won it as yeah. part of the as part yeah, of Neymar, Suarez, and Messi. Yeah, forward, and what like. strike force that was. Like, and I, I'd be a big advocate of Neymar. I do like him. I like what he brings. I like his kind of flair. But if Manchester United signed him, I, there'd be no way you could feel sorry for. Like they'd be asking for trouble. You only have Ronaldo out the door, and you're bringing in a lad that's probably yeah. a bigger sulk than him. Yeah, like it'd absolutely. be absolutely asking for bad news. It'd be. But that's the question that I was I just sorry. Put I see just Irish lad here. He's yeah, exactly. He's another Pogba. Like yeah, you know, similar. Like just oh, the he's a merch will seller. Be yeah, he's into sell jerseys and and. But that's that's the question I was going to put to you. You know, if the Qataris are successful in buying Manchester United and they're the new owners, obviously they've owned PSG, where you know they've already spent a world record fee on Neymar. Can you see? You know, we, we've heard all of the the, the nice caveats that they're saying about you know we want to invest in you know in Manchester and we want you know the 9-2 foundation and you know invest in youth and all of this kind of stuff but then we're hearing these kind of links with Neymar do you, and do you think there would be a similarity between their signings with Manchester United or no, would I they think, have learned th- their lessons from yeah, PSG? I think, I think if you were um, if you were to bring the Qataris on board and um, I think there would have to be kind of like Rules laid out before, not rules as such, because I know they own the company, so they or own the club, so they could make the rules. But like, mm. you'd have to be finding out, like, are they going to be bringing in these sporting directors? Are they going to be like, will the manager be the one making the transfers, or are these lads going to come in? Like, prime example, like that lad Todd Bowley, yeah. uh Chelsea, and he came in and said, "Yeah, I'll bring cash," and he brought cash, but it was like he was like playing real life championship manager. Oh, Arsenal want them? We'll get him. We'll get him. Arsenal have bid sixty million for him. Give him a hundred. Do you know? Like, yeah, give him an we eight have it. Contract. Yeah, we have it. We have it. Yeah, thinks he's very smart. Beating the system seems to have bet the system with that eight year contract thing. But like now he's after signing some players that are absolutely dirt, and they're on eight year contracts, hundred and fifty grand a week. But like, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the, uh, you're playing with fire there. If you're giving a lad an eight-year contract, okay, you're getting around FFP, but you're stuck with him for eight years if he's crap. Yeah, I see that. Look at Alan Pardew. Yeah. 
or Pardew who so, seemingly won that on a game of poker with what was his name the old Newcastle owner uh, Mike Ashley Mike Ashley geez how when you think about it, like how Newcastle's fortunes have turned around in the last 18 oh my god months. well it, it just goes to show how poorly they were run I mean yeah but to be the, yeah the, like to be fair to him like they were in the doldrums they were like bouncing up and down two or three times from the championship and now like they're just in absolute dreamland oh, they don't wonderland. care where that money's coming from absolutely not and would Seven. you no way no i was way. listening to talk sport on twitter earlier on and um a caller rang in he said he was at the newcastle match last night and someone that was sitting beside him he only got a season tickets he got a season ticket six seven years ago or something and he said that the people that were sitting beside him there were six or seven buddies but two of their buddies gave up their season ticket six or seven years ago, and they said to your man, "You have our, you're in our friends' old seats." You know, they were saying he's willing to pay eight grand to get a season ticket back off you, and your man was like, "Not a hope, not no, a man. hope." And I was so, in Newcastle maybe ten odd years ago. Time Jory Shornall was big. I was over in Newcastle, and I remember even at the time I was talking to a taxi man, and they were in the championship at the time, and he said every game is sold out. He yeah. said it's it's even in the championship, he said it's very difficult to get a to get a ticket. You know, he said that a few lads because they went down through eight or season tickets and some people got to get up, pick up their season tickets, you know. But he said, like, that city eats, sleeps, drinks football, even yeah. at even when the club is on its knees, they're still selling out. Yeah. Well, so it's I good mean, to see a, t- a kind of club with that culture back up in Champions League football. Yeah, and I, I want to put another question to you then in relation because obviously the city have dominated the last decade. I think has it been has it been eight titles in twelve years? I think or something like that. Is, is this won- year title number ten or nine for city? Yeah, no, it's only eight. I think no, no, no. It's definitely nine or ten. No, so Pep has five, and they had three before he got there. Pep is Pep has five in six years. And they had three titles before they got there. Mancini won one, Pellegrini won one, and uh, I, I think that was it anyway. But it, yeah, it is. It's seven or eight titles is all they have. I um, thought I, I was sure I seen um, that was no. They're nowhere up at ten. Sure, United only have thirteen. You know what I mean? They're not no. at ten. Nowhere. No. No. A title in twelve years, I think. But anyway, my question to you was: Is you know. Man City have nine now. That's nine championships, so that mightn't be Premier no, League. No, they, they, they won the league back in the sixties, sure once. Yeah, but what do you, do you not count that under twenty? Twenty-one. Yeah, we have thirteen Premier Leagues, but we've got twenty league titles. Yeah. So how many would you say City have? City titles? have eight. No. They have eight Premier Leagues and they've got nine league titles. Because oh yeah, league won. titles. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah, that's what I was looking um, at then. But in relation to the to the dominance, what do you think it's going to take for the dominance of City to end? Is it going to be a Newcastle coming through with just as much money? Or no, it's it going to be Pep Guardiola saying that he wants to do and start off and do another project yeah. somewhere else. You think that's the only way? I think so for now. Like, sure, they're linked with Kimmich, one of the best centre midfielders in the world, mm. and they're linked with a swap deal for him and Cancelo. Like, yeah. If they sign players like that during the summer, you may hand them the title. Like yeah. Kimmich is an absolute baller, and he's only twenty-eight or nine. Mm. And you're bringing him into the Premier League, and he played under Pep before, so knows exactly what he wants him to do. Well, it's it's 
they're so far ahead in in so many areas. They've got the infrastructure. They've got the training facilities. They've got the if they win the Champions League this year, they've got the the clout of winning all the trophies. They've got the best manager. If they, um, if they, if they, um, like another massive thing is if if they sign on to that boy Alvarez up top, like if they hang on to him, like keeping him as a second striker, he'd be top striker for many clubs in the Premier League. Now maybe not like your top four clubs, but he'd be definitely knocking about starting for them top four clubs. Yeah, like if he, he was at United, he'd be starting up top for United. Oh yeah, he would absolutely. You know, he he, yeah. like he's a World Cup winner. I mean, he, he he scores the majority of games. He comes on for City. You know what I mean. But there's, a, I have to actually look up who it was. Sergio Gomez, I think his name is, left full for City. I think City bought him for twenty five odd million at the start of the season and didn't even know who he was. He was a left back that Pep bought. Then he didn't yeah. fancy. He said he couldn't trust him. But mm. that's the way they're able to kind of throw out them. 25 30 millions unannounced you know it doesn't even seem like a big deal like if you have someone there like i won't don't even go like if, if brighton are signing a player for 30 million it'd be a big deal to brighton mm. you know i know they're well, not a par the, with well, city that's now the, that's the one thing i would say about city is that all right they've, they've spent an awful lot of money on players but they do tend to get money get decent money back for players that they yeah. sell on they you know do, what I mean? They do. I see him linked there as well. We've with... had five or six players in the last 12 to 24 months gone on freeze. We just can't get rid of yeah, them. Yeah, run down their money. Yeah, run down their contracts. Yeah. Um, ben makes a good point here as well. Uh, if City win the Champions League, what has Pep got left to do uh, at City? Maybe another year. Uh, and he might think uh, next job, please. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that myself. Potentially that he might do that. Like, look, what did you say? He's won five out of six leagues. Like, he's absolutely proven. If he wins his Champions League, he has nothing, le- nothing else to prove in England. Mm. But like, Retaining where would he? Maybe? Where would he go? He seems to be enjoying himself a lot there. Mm. He seems to love Manchester, and I do think that is the kind of main way that City will kind of um, that people will catch up and see obviously teams will improve the whole time but like to do it through the course of 38 games when City have a squad with that depth and that season this time last year people are saying ah Grealish he's a flop Grealish could be in Premier League team of the season this year yeah like he's been unbelievable he's an absolute baller he's bought into what Pep wants him to do but other teams couldn't afford to give him the time and the kind of accountability that City gave him like, say, like, similar to Jaden Sancho at United, like, it's on his back straight away because you don't really have someone to come in and replace, in replace of him. Do you know, like, yeah, he could leave Grealish out there for a couple of games and it kind of doesn't go on this, on, on it kind of goes unnoticed because he has so many other good players to come in. Sancho's mm. out of the team for a few games, like, where's Sancho? Oh, he's not playing. Then he comes back in, plays bad. Yeah. Well, I you think know, on, on, I think on the flip side of that as well, and it's credit to City and and to Guardiola, they're very cutthroat. I think Guardiola makes up his mind within six months whether he likes a player or not. Regard like you look at what he done with say the the when he first signed for City, what he done with the goalkeepers, for example, he got in Bravo, and twelve months later he was gone. He bought yeah. two fullbacks, and the following season he bought another two. Well, that's what that's what I, yeah, that's what I'd say, and like that's what I'd say. He does kind of have a checkbook like that, and that's what I'd say with this Sergio Gomez. Bought him as left full, didn't fancy him. Now he's a centre half playing left full, hmm. or they don't. They kind of go three at the back with this three. Uh, 5-2 kind of formation, and then and a kanji like as well. Stones. I mean, they bought a kanji for twenty five million, probably as yeah. a backup. John Stones can kind of drop into the centre half and the two wide centre backs go out right and left full. 
But yeah, they don't seem to like this lad Sergio Gomez that there was twenty odd million thrown on or whatever last year. He could be just gone this season. Mm. Like that's what I'm saying. He doesn't like really mess around. Yeah. And he can afford to do that. Exactly. When you have the money like, there. Look, look what they got. Like what they get Haaland for 60 million. Crazy. Like that's crazy. I don't know if he has any release clause or anything there, but like if there was any player in the world now to be spoke of for 150 million or more, well, it's him or Mbappe. They're the only two players in the world that you could put into that bracket of that. And I'm not saying any player or human being is worth that in the world. But like, if you're going to be saying there is someone that would be near that, it's the two of them. Yeah, do you think he'll keep up his goal scoring farm next season again? Sure, he's done it every season of his life until now. What did he score when he was with Salzburg? He scored nine goals in six group game stage, group stage games or something. Yeah, like that, he's that just a debut season as well. He's just a machine. Season. Like his stats are sick. Yeah, like and he's just—it's very difficult not to like him. I hate him. Yeah, but you're one like a massive rival. I think it's just very difficult player not to like. I could imagine if you were an opposition player of his, you'd hate him just because. Yes, yeah, I just hate his big crooked smile, and I I respect his game and how good he but, is. Yeah, but that's what I mean. As a footballer, he's very hard to dislike. Like even giving Gundogan the ball there to take the penalty to get his hat trick, even yeah. though he's a penalty taker and he's wanting to break all these records, he's just like, ah, here, take this. Yeah. Yeah, last pod says Pep just signed a new contract last season. He's not going anywhere. Um, Klopp has a new contract signed as well, doesn't he? He's there till twenty twenty seven, I think. So, I mean, look, it's going to be interesting. Uh, obviously, if United get taken over by Qatar, you'd have Qatar, you would have Saudi Arabia, and you would have Abu Dhabi, which would be you know a trifecta of clubs with unlimited amounts of money. Um. Is is there a is the final question maybe on City and uh, and all of that? Is there a worry of the Premier League turning into the Bundesliga, for example, or Syria with City running away with it every year? Does that worry you in any way? Is it becoming a, a one horse race? No, and because actually, let let me just put a bit of context to that as well because I, I I actually was watching Monday Night Football last night and Gary Neville said something very um, appropriate. He said in the first or in the twelve years from when say City first won their league title after winning eight, when Ferguson won his first league title, in the subsequent eleven years after that they won eight titles in twelve. And Liverpool done it in the 70s as well. They won eight titles in 12 years. And he said it never seemed like it was going to end at the time, but everything does. Yeah, well, like like as the saying goes, all good things come to an end. But um, I just think the Premier League is too big for to let that happen to. Like, there's too much money involved. There's too much, like more and more people will be wanting to invest in Premier League clubs. Like, it's Newcastle now. Two, three years down the line, it's going to be something else. Like, there's clubs there that are, like, yeah, that are hidden gems. Like, a club like... Spurs. Spurs. Like, mm. prime example. And they have the stadium already, but it's just if someone could deal with him to get yeah, Levy out. out. And look, yeah. you have to give Levy credit, to be fair, to yeah. where he got the club, too. On the too, business but, side of things. Yeah, on the business side of things. But sometimes you do need to get something to put, like, to push you know, to kind of push on, as we'll talk about in a bit, that's what I believe maybe with Newcastle and Eddie Howe, even though you could talk about him for manager the season out, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But that's just, like, you talk about uh, Spurs. They're a London team. 
team based mm-hmm. in London. What players that are coming to Premier League don't want to live in London? Yeah, classy new stadium. Like if Qataris or some rich family from the Middle East was looking at a club, why not buy them over? Like mm-hmm. Manchester United are what valued at four or five billion. Mm. Spurs wouldn't be that. They're not as no, big as a club, probably, but they have great infrastructure. Mm. They've great infra- infrastructure. Um, another club being Arsenal, if someone wanted to come in like this, although I think they're very heavily against all that, so maybe that kind of might be yeah, um, something kind of swayed against that. Obviously, Liverpool would be another massive club, but there's clubs with options that if more of these kind of oil tycoons or anything did want to come in or families from the Middle East did want to come in. Like there's plenty of big clubs. There's a lot bigger clubs in England than there is in Spain of that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you look at the top six in England, they're a lot bigger than the top six in Spain. I wouldn't even Mm. know what the top six in Spain is. You'd know Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid. Beyond that, I could name a team thinking they're fourth and they could be 16th. Yeah. And I I was even shocked to, to, to... Realized that Valencia were actually in a relegation battle, they're going to get relegated. Yeah, you know what I mean, and, and Deportivo La Coruña, who we yeah. would have known from years ago, are actually in Division Three. Yeah, yeah, they're in the third. Let's, let's, let's talk about the Liga for a second while we're on it. And obviously, all of the, the, the racist abuse was given to Vinicius Jr. last night. Disgraceful scenes, absolutely disgraceful scenes. Um, but I, I was shocked when I see when I hear like journalists coming out and and like maybe not La Liga, but like maybe representatives and people actually blaming Vinicius Jr. saying he brings this attention on himself. And I just, I, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing in relation to racist abuse and journalists and, and, and high up people saying that, it, you know, it's his own fault. Um, obviously the, 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 repercussions are not strict enough because people are continuing to do this and I heard on the radio today that they've, they've identified two people who have done it and they're looking at lifetime stadium bans surely in the name of God in 2023 that's not enough yeah you know what I mean no I agree I I, I only kind of briefly I've seen it on Twitter and I've seen kind of TikToks about it and I've I seen what you said there like journalists saying oh sure he's bringing that on himself or something like nobody can bring that on himself not in this day and age um, not ever like um, it's just a shame, really. It's yeah, like it seems it, to be. I know it does. I know racism is kind of prevalent in England, but it seems to be a lot worse in other European countries than England. I know Spain. now. I know now in England they have like they kind of get a lot of it on social media and all, but there isn't a whole lot of it in football grounds, is there? Well, that's no. reported anyway, and anything that is ever. If there was a player or a fan making a certain noise or gesture, they're singled out very quickly. They're ejected yeah. and their face is posted all over the place. But it's not yeah. really. Well, excuse it's me. Not something something, that... It's not something that. It's not something that you hear about an awful lot on the media in England. And I agree with you on what you're saying, but it sometimes that can be just media not wanting to put out a. Yeah, like you know, it's simple as I know what you're saying, and like it, it kind of could be almost hidden. But yeah. when it's on social media, like say when Saka missed the penalty for England, yeah. when Rashford doesn't do well, like they get all these kind of different emojis and all underneath their statuses and all. Yeah, 
which is um, completely bang out of order. But that's evident there for everybody to see. Yeah. So, I think look, I I think the I think what the Premier League has done in the thirty years that it's been around is it's made grounds very family friendly. I think more than anything, you know, like if you go back to the eighties and and further, you know, it was you know it was men went to football matches and you know you did rarely seen children or families or you know anything like that. And I think that's maybe what I think that's where maybe the Premier League is an awful lot ahead of. You know, the likes of Syria or the likes of La Liga and things like that. Yeah, I just um, see Irish lad there says it's actually dangerous at Syria games. Yeah, it was never. It was actually. Were you were at a Syria game? Were you Jack before? No, no, I was not going to that AC Milan game. No, I didn't get tickets in the end. Like Italian fans, like the stadium atmosphere looks unbelievable, but they do mm. seem crazy. Oh yeah, and the ultras like, especially. Um. Yeah. Look, it's. It's a sh- it's it's just something that like you think in this day and age that it could be knocked on the head, but it seems to be things are only getting worse. Well, I think what needs to be done is and we'll, and we'll move on from it after this. But I think what needs to be done is FIFA need to come out and like I seen your man. I can't remember the the FIFA president. I can never remember his name. Um, basically, you know, oh, you know, we we stand with him and this and that and blah blah blah. And like La Liga are not doing enough to get it done. So what he should be doing is he should be going to the La Liga head people saying, right, sort it out and you have six months to sort it out or three months or whatever it is. And if you don't sort it out, I'm going to come in and sort it out and you're, you know, and then I'll, I'll move you out and I'll bring you in and or whatever it may be. But it can't just be stadium bans because people will continue to do it. And it, there has to be prison sentences or, or, you know, or, you know, real, you know, people getting arrested and stuff like that. But, um, but anyway, look, um, We'll move it on. We we touched on Newcastle a little bit, but I just kind of want to uh, want to talk about them a little bit more. Um, how important is Champions League football for them next season? Given, I suppose, how ahead of schedule they are, and now that now that they're in the Champions League, they can attract bigger players. Uh, and we we say obviously we're talking about City and stuff, and hopefully clubs can close the gap on them. Um, but surely it's it's um, is Newcastle going to be an attractive place to go? Now that they've got Champions League, well, football. the city itself isn't. Yeah, but playing for a football club that size, which I believe they're a top four, top five biggest club in England, maybe not historically for trophies, but I'm going on like fan base, stadium structure. Like you'd be saying, the two outright are Manchester United and Liverpool. You'd have to put Arsenal up there too, mm. um, and like I'd say. Chelsea, Chelsea are kind of newish, newish money. I know they won leagues and FA Cups back in the day too, but I'd I'd be putting Newcastle up there for club size up there with the likes of Chelsea. Mm. Not not on par now with Liverpool, United, Arsenal, but um, I'd be putting them in top four, top five biggest clubs in England. So it's great to see them. I won't say back where they belong because. Like it's not as if they were ever consistently there, but yeah, to have football kind of up there in the northeast, Champions League football, like it'll be great. It's a fantastic stadium. As I said earlier on, they eat, sleep, drink football up there. Attracting players. I remember I'm a Sunderland fan, as you know. So I remember Ray Keane saying before, like when he was with Sunderland, now this was even when he was in the Premier League, but I know Sunderland 
uh, weren't in the Champions League or anything, but he said even trying to attract a lower caliber of player up to Sunderland. Yeah. He said none of them wanted to live up there. He said it's always cold, it's always rain, and it's always cloudy. Um, You know, just that people didn't want to live there. Uh, Like even in Manchester, if people didn't fancy, they all live out, is it Cheshire, is that? A lot of Liverpool and United players both live, a lot of Liverpool players actually live in Manchester, I was told, in that Cheshire area. Some of the Liverpool players do. Yeah, I, I think wherever yeah. Wayne Rooney lives, yeah, I think um, Mo Salah is very close to living where he lives. I, just, I saw a taxi man over there told me anyway. So there's only, what, 20 minutes between the two seats? 20, really, 30 anyway. minutes, yeah. 40 yeah. minutes maybe, I don't know, to a training ground. But um, just think about it, if you're in Ireland and you're only travelling from Waterford to Kilkenny. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, look, I think a lot of people will want to be part of this um Newcastle project. I see him linked with players there, and it was kind of I was impressed by it by the kind of players that they were kind of linked with. The last thing you, I think they'd need is going out and signing a lot of European has beens. Like, like the way Neymar. they're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Neymar be I'd be like so class if New, Newcastle fans had him up there, but he wouldn't be going up there playing for the badge or anything. But yeah. if you got players now in, I think. And I was, I see this, I think it'd be an excellent sign from would be Kieran Tierney. Yeah. In left back. He has European experience from his days with Celtic. He has European experience from his days with Arsenal. Um, he has been unlucky with injuries and he broke into the Arsenal team and the Arsenal fans really took to him because his pride and his passion. I think technically he's not the best footballer out there, but he'll leave nothing behind him and he will yeah. give everything for that badge. I think it's something that Newcastle could really do with going forward because I think when they're in the Champions League, the likes of Dan Byrne, six foot seven, six foot eight, playing, playing at left full isn't going to mm-hmm. cut it. He'd done it this year and credit to him and he came up yeah. with some big goals. He actually kind of got him the goal that all but secured him Champions League football last week. He's a local lad and all. But I do think now, as you said, they're a bit ahead of schedule. So they kind of have to take that next step with mm. certain players. Yeah. I'm not saying get rid of Dan Burns by any mean or Dan Burns. He, uh, he's means. one of the only lo- he's one of the only local lads there, really. Still, I'm not saying he? that get rid of Moratin. I'm just saying they have to kind of sign a certain caliber of player. I wouldn't go for them European has beens. Like I'm not saying I know these players are tired, but you know, like going for the likes of your 31 year old Shevchenko's or your 30 year old Hernan Crespo's. Do you know the way Chelsea did it? I yeah, wouldn't be like, going that yeah, way. When about City it. first got money, they bought Robinho and these kind of players. Like, yeah, yeah, like this boy Isaac that they signed there for forty million. I never heard of him, and he seems to be a right player. Callum mm. Robinson, if they could keep him fit, he would be one of the top five strikers in the Premier League. Yeah, if you could keep him fit, do you still? Are you still adamant on the fact that Eddie Howe won't be the the long term manager? No, I think Eddie Howe, and look if. If Eddie Howe got manager of the season this year, I would be the first to say he deserved it. Mm. Obviously, if Pep does a treble, it's hard to say he doesn't deserve it. And I also think the May went slightly under the radar. That Deserby for Brighton That's done right. a fantastic job. I know people say, ah, Brighton have a class team and all this. Brighton have a few class individuals and they have a lot of other players that are good and work very hard in a system that he has designed for them. Yeah. And even over the last few days, even today, Pep has been coming out absolutely praising him. Yeah. 
He's done. Well, there's the Irish lad says it there. He says, uh, how long can Eddie Howe hang on to the Newcastle job? If any top manager becomes available, do you think Newcastle will be straight in? Yeah, this so. no, this is what I said, and this is probably your point. This is what I said on the pod last week, Jack, wasn't it? I just yeah. said that I feel I don't think in 18, I think in 18 months' time, if even, I don't think Eddie Howe will be the Newcastle manager. He's done a fantastic job, don't get me wrong, but there's now, does that mean you think they're going to maybe miss out on top four next year, or like will? Well, like, I think top four next know? season. I think ne- top four next season. Ne- next season, he has set the bar now. Yeah. And do you think if this time next year, if Sunderland or not Sunderland, if Newcastle say got to the last sixteen of the Champions League and finished sixth in the league and didn't win any cups? Yeah. Do you think they're happy? But after no, setting this bar now, no, and now they're, they're going back to conference football. Yeah, but I think... I after think getting a taste team... for Champions League. Newcastle have a lot to learn in a very short space of time. They're going Newcastle to have to haven't played any they, kind of they European... They haven't played any kind of European football in years. Like mm. So they don't know what it's like. Newcastle don't have great squad depth. They bring on some lads, like they have lads there, like these Longstaff and Murphys and all. They had Chris Wood there up until January. They like they are a team that have worked very well together this year. They have some ballers, they've Bruno Gamirez, they've as I said, Callum Robinson, they've your Fabian Shard back. I think they have a very good goalie. Um they have some technically very good players, but like even the likes of Saint Maxim, he's barely got any minutes this season. I think he's looking to move on. He is. Mm. I heard of him linked with someone the other day. Well, um, I think I think with Eddie Howe, do you know do you know when say if a team is in the relegation battle around January, February, even March time, the the, the club decide for a change just for that kind of spark to maybe save them from relegation. I think it could be very similar with Eddie Howe. If he's if he's hovering around maybe the top four or top six, sixth or seventh or whatever it may be next season, that maybe February time you might see. Yeah, but that's did, no. Available. But even just that's when the wolves start to come out. You know, the, yeah. like the press start to prey on him. He didn't really have that now because he's done exceptionally well this season. But he's also he's done exceptionally well in a season when Liverpool have had an off season. As to say, yeah. Chelsea have had a terrible season. Spurs have had had a Tottenham season. Mm. <laughs> like there's like if you look at the top six, I I think I'll just check the table. I think Villa and Brighton are in the top six or uh, no, top have, seven. You, yeah, yeah, Brighton, Liverpool, Brighton, and Villa make up the and top seven. If I'm just looking at that table there, I think it's absolutely brilliant for English football to have clubs like Brighton. I seen that yeah. to Zerbi give an interview and he said, we don't want conference football, we want European football. Yeah, well, we there you go. Let me, let me put it up football. on the screen. So there's the, there's the manager of the season contenders. We have Mikel yeah. Arteta, De Zebri, Unai Emery, Pep Guardiola, Eddie Howe, Marco Silva. Who are you giving it to? Now, Obviously, let's take Pep Guardiola out of the situation for a minute because he could still go on and win a treble. But uh, let's say on the basis of the season so far, I, yeah, I, I'm, like, I'm surprised. There's that pros and cons. Silva I wouldn't be giving it. it to any of the bottom two there anyway. Marco Silva, look, he's done already. No, I'm surprised he's in it. I mean, Fulham are in 10th. 
Yeah, Fulham are intent. Now, Fulham were very, very good until that Mitrovic suspension. Yeah. Like, that really killed him. Like, you're taking out their talisman. You're taking out their goal scorer. Like, even though he mightn't have been bagging goals every week, he's, like, a massive part of that. I just see here, Irish lad, Villa's a sleeping giant. Villa is, I love, I have a big soft spot for Aston Villa. I just love that old school stadium, Villa Park. Do you know, yeah. the four stands just... Um, there's a, there's actually a lot of Aston Villa supporters in Kilkenny, but Aston Villa now back in European football, if they can manage, they're playing Brighton, so that's actually massive. They're playing Brighton this weekend. Yeah, Villa are home to Brighton. Brighton are kind of Brighton are guaranteed football anyway, guaranteed Europa League. I'd like to see Villa beat them. I wouldn't like to see Tottenham pip them. Tottenham don't do anything nah, in Europe anyway. Like it. having even conference football is brilliant for will be brilliant for Aston Villa. I'm still here, I think, am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just my camera's gone. Yeah, no, I can still see anyway. Um, but um, if you look, like the conference at the start, or last season when the conference league was brought out, or the season before, people, I, I was kind of saying, oh, what's this? It's, you know, absolutely kind of trailer park European thing here but now you see the likes of West Ham and they're getting to a European Cup final the likes of Villa who could be involved I think it's well you look I at this think it's a brilliant tournament now and it, and it goes back to what we were saying about United winning the Carabao Cup obviously you, you know it's not the trophy that everyone um, you know drools over but you said at the West Ham with the Conference League when everyone is saying the Conference League, but you're going to have five thousand. Which, by the way, I think it's disgraceful that they only got five thousand tickets for the final. Um, yeah, but the stadium's only twenty thousand seats. Exactly. I mean, it's like, stupid. You know what I mean? You're you're, but main, the only... you're you're creating a competition for teams that have never basically been in a European competition before, and you're playing a final in a twenty thousand seater stadium. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Um, but if you were to say to any West Ham fan, would you take Brighton's uh, league? Would you would you rather be Brighton now or would you rather be West Ham? You know, Brighton obviously up, you know, in sixth place or whatever it may be. Or would you be, you know, we were fighting relegation for the majority of the season, but we could potentially win the European trophy. I guarantee you every one of them would take the European trophy option. Oh, God, they would. But that was that was Brighton's position. That was West Ham last season. Yeah. And as you can see, West Ham may have faltered due to progression in European competition. I know yeah. last year they'd done well. Uh, they finished 7th or 8th um, and they got to the semi-final of the actual Europa League last season. But um, look, I think the European adventures, like Brighton as well, they have young Evan Ferguson up front there. Like could be coming up against some big European defenders. I think, I think the more... English teams in them European competitions, the more interest I'd have them anyway. Not that I'd be, I'd like to see them, the English teams kind of do well in yeah, them. Yeah, but you'd watch them. You, I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch the Europa League Conference final. Not that I wouldn't watch it. If it was on you, Mike Glansad. But yeah. if West Hammer in it, I'll actually watch the match. Yeah. If AZ yeah. Alkmaar were playing and Fiorentina or someone. Yeah, we're playing it. You wouldn't even have it on. <laughs> no. But like, it's just kind of like, so the interest that's in it. Yeah. But, um, Brighton could do well in them competitions, depending so on who, who who's your keep. manager of the season. Then you haven't given me an answer. Um, oh, look, you'd probably have to go Eddie Howe. Like, Mikel Arteta has had a great season, 
but at the end of the day, he's kind of... No, he's got Arsenal back to Champions League football. Gave a good title push, to be fair to him. I know people on about Botland and all, and I know there's a big gap in the difference now, but for the whole season, if he didn't do it, City, would, City had the league won at Christmas. Hmm. Um, the Zerbi has done very well he's, getting Brian he's there. Mine. He's, mine. Yeah. he's my manager this season. For, I think and why, for... just out of curiosity, I, I don't disagree with you now. I think that's, hmm. I, I was having an argument with one of my mates, Billy, the other day, and yeah. I was kind of, saying what you're saying now you're saying the Zerbi could get it but what would be your argument on him over Eddie Howe my argument on him is that Eddie Howe has had a full season to implement how he wants to play and the Zerbi hasn't and I think I think for obviously they got to an FA Cup semi-final uh, and I, I, I think the way he plays is brilliant uh, I think I don't know I like his I like his intensity I, I like the way his team plays uh I, 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 maybe it's just I have a soft spot for Brighton as well. I don't know why I've always liked him, but um, I've just been really impressed with coming in mid-season when a manager leaves, and it's it could so e like Brighton could so easily have crumbled this season, and I think a lot of people were expecting him to do that once. Um, yeah, once um, Graham Potter, Potter left, Harry Potter. Yeah, and I think Desebri coming in and stomping his authority on that squad so quickly, getting them playing brilliant football, they 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 had some really really positive results this season. So I I'd give it to him for that reason, and I think Unai Emery is would probably push him close in my eyes as well because he done something similar, like when he took over Aston Villa, they were in a relegation battle. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were. And, yeah, yeah. He he has know, really stabilised them. He's got them European football. Look. Yeah. It's been um, it's been a it's been a good season for the smaller teams. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I want to finish finally on just a little, uh, a little maybe, I suppose, news story that's been circling in relation to United the last few hours, and it's in relation to obviously an Irish player, Evan Ferguson, United eyeing a potential move for him in twenty twenty four. What do you think it would mean for the player himself? Obviously, you know, we, we'd all hope he does well and have close eyes on him. Uh, I think it'd be brilliant for me specifically as a United fan, having a, an Irish player back playing with, with, with United again would be brilliant. But That um, should be great for the whole of Ireland to have a player, an interna- to have one of our international strikers playing at a top four club. Mm. Like, if you had, like, an Irish striker playing week in, week out for... United, Liverpool, Arsenal, City, it'd be great. It'd be some boost for the country, like yeah. with things going forward. Yeah. It's just, he's done the right thing for now. Yeah, absolutely. With Brighton. He's yeah, done absolutely. the right thing by staying with Brighton. See if he can replicate this season again next season, which I think he will. If he done exactly what he done this season, next season, it'd be unbelievable. Like he's had like a you'd phenomenal be, you'd season. Be talking, you'd be talking 80 million next year. You'd be talking, yeah, that, but that'd be also nonsense, like, realistically. Yeah. Um, that'd be putting some pressure on him, but his next move is vital hmm. because he is eventually going to move. I don't know, depending on how Brighton do next year, it, it's like you'd have to be buzzing, you have to be buzzing for the yeah, champion. you would. And, and I think football, I think it would suit United very well. I think it's, it's, it's specifically if United go and get Harry Kane this summer. 
I think going for him next summer is a good idea because Harry Kane is probably going to be three to four years max at Manchester United, you know, and I think it would be brilliant for him to come in for a season or two watching the likes of a Harry Kane playing as the main striker and then saying, you know, when he's 21, 22, right, Harry, step aside. I'm ready to take over. Yeah, I'd be I'd be in absolutely no way. Is he 18? He's 18. I'd yeah. be in absolutely no rush, as John yeah, says. John there. says it here, yeah. I'd be he in no rush on the bench. Like to move. Establish yourself as Brighton's main striker first. Even spend the next two seasons at Brighton. But like it's hard to say now to spend two seasons because you don't know what next season holds. Hmm. Just see it this time next year. Like he's not in a rush anywhere. Um just hopefully he has a good agent and yeah, and look, kind of... I think it's his father actually that's his agent. But um, I think European football will do him the world of good as well. You know what I mean? So it can, it oh, can it only will, be a yeah. positive thing. You know, from our standpoint, obviously, he made know, his but... debut for Bose. I think when he was fourteen years old Go for Bose men's team. First Unreal. team, yeah. Like, uh, he looks the he looks the business. In fairness to him, fourteen, um, fifteen. That's what we can yeah, he does, and he, he I, I heard an interview with him. He's good. He's confident. He's not he like is, a, a little shy like boy. He, he seems like a level-headed young lad as well. Yeah, and he was like, like that goal he scored yesterday. They said you struck it well, and he was like, "Look, I just got half a yard of space inside the box. So I was just thinking, hit the target, just smash it at the goal." Yeah, which is like, look, you'd have to be, but hopefully, if only we could get now a few more players with Ireland, we'd be exactly. might get another Euro. 2016 on the road again. Oh, Jesus, that was unbelievable. Over in Lille. Never forget it. Right, Racy, I think we'll leave it there, will we? Jackie, thanks very much, all right? No, no bother at all. Thanks, everybody, for listening as well, guys. Uh, if you haven't already done so, please hit the thumbs up button if you're watching live. Hit subscribe if you're new to the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening back uh, to this at a later date on uh, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, please do uh, follow and give us a five-star review helps out the channel an awful lot um, and uh, yeah we should be back next uh, Monday for another podcast uh, but until then appreciate everybody watching uh, see you down the road take it easy